Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 118. Today, we're going to be talking again with Mr. Harrison Fluman in his training for the Bigfoot 200 this year. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Trail Manners Podcast. Today, it's just Eric Manning here with our special guest. It's Harrison Fluman. It is. It is Fluman. Yes, is our guest. And so, when I was recording the intro. I said Harrison Martin, and which to most people would mean Eric screwed up. But it's World Cup time. It's World Cup fever, and Harrison Martin was actually my college soccer coach in Oregon. He was like five foot. He's from Burma. I called him my little Monchichi doll, those of you that know what one of those are. Um, but it was crazy because uh, I, d- I recorded the intro, and Harrison looks at me and goes, that sounded really good except you got my last name wrong. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm your friend. You've been giving me gin tonight. That's true. And I'm uh, like, what did I say? I hesitated to bring it up. I didn't want to make you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I just going to go with it. I haven't said Harrison Martin for 10-plus years, probably. It was my college soccer coach in 19. I'm going to date myself, so I apologize. You should so give him apologize. a call. I really see how he's doing. 1990. He owned a soccer shop, the, what was it called? The Soccer Corner, I think was what it was called. It was right down the street from campus, and I actually worked part-time in his soccer shop. Funny story. True story. I'm totally living my life now. It's all the gin you've been giving That's me. That's right. So I used to work in the soccer shop, and I'd work uh, usually from like 3 to 6 after classes were over during the off-season, so we weren't training. And every day, a guy would walk by the window and wave, right? And it's a big, huge, paint glass window. is on Burnside Ave, East Burnside. And I'd wave back and everything. And this went on for months, literally. And one day, my coach was in there, who was actually my boss as well, and he saw me do that. And he goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just waving at that guy. He goes, that guy's blind. Oh, my God. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, he goes by every day, but he's blind, so he can't tell if you wave back or not. Oh, wow. And I thought, well, how weird is that? So the very next time he came by, I actually opened the door and kind of said, hey, excuse me. And he's like, yes. And I said, I just want you to know. And I told him the story, and he giggled. That's and funny. he goes, that's why I do it. He goes, I never know if people wave back. He goes, that's I don't awesome. even know if you're even in the building. But he had, he was I like, am. Yeah, he wasn't like completely like Mr. Magoo. He was like more Mr. Magoo blind, yeah. right, where he could kind of still see. But he, he he thought it was funny. That's funny. And I, I looked at him like, you a-hole. You made me feel silly. But no, mm-hmm. it's funny. Anyway. It's making you feel bad. So we're here to talk about running, though. Yes. Because you're a huge soccer guy. Who's your pick for the World Cup? Oh, you know, Germany. <laughs> see, I, I followed a little bit. Okay, they, good. They, yeah. They're out, right? That was a big <laughs> upset. Yeah, that was. Uh, hmm. 
Switzerland got through, right? They're playing in the uh, round of 16. They'll, pro- they'll already play by the time this show launches. Oh, man. So they so. play Sweden. Ah. I like their chances. That could be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all you yeah. got. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. say Portugal. Don't Mexico say... Mexico got through, right? They're playing Brazil. I got uh, you. Yeah, before this show launches, but haven't played yet. Mm. So I have, what, three? Three of the 16? Yeah. <laughs> but Spain's Ooh. out. I heard, I saw that. Yeah, so all the the, a lot of the big guns are out. So this opens, like, if you look at one side of the bracket, it totally opens it up for England. Right. Totally, to get to the Which final. Which is good or bad, depending if you who, like them. If you like fish and chips, you're in the right, money. Right. Exactly. I, I correlate, I'm a uh-huh. huge soccer guy, but a lot of the countries I correlate around food, because mm. that's just me. I would not pick England, then. Yeah. I was in London once. I don't not a fan? Not, I don't know. I've never been to London. Yeah. I'm an Arsenal fan, so that's kind of why I like England, but there they don't go. have a lot of Arsenal players on the team, so mm. screw them. Torn. Yeah. I understand. On the other side of the bracket, it's been fantastic. Yes. And uh, France made it through. There we go. They looking, they're looking good right now. They as they really, should. As they should, right? They have French fries, French toast, <laughs> French bread. Man, they got it all. Exactly. Um, and they're really friendly culture, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Everybody says, French are so mean. Oh. Never been to France, so I don't know that one. They deserve it, you know, to get through this round of 16. Yeah, that's they're the in the quarters now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So. Belgium, they're looking good. Ooh. They haven't played the round of 16 by the time this show launches, but they're looking good. I but do know that one of you two picked Egypt in their group, and I don't think they got through. I picked the. I don't, I, here's my thing. I I didn't pick Egypt. I said mm. if Mo Salah plays, Who's I like a very good chances. player on that team. I he assume. is, but he didn't play the first game, mm. and I think if he'd played the first game, they'd have made it through. But he was their best player. Yeah. But they didn't play well, so well, they're out of it. Okay. But I have done some good Did picks. Croatia get through? I've been to Croatia. Yeah, actually, as we're recording this show, it's a Sunday. They actually made it through on penalty kicks today. They oh, that's beat cool. uh, Denmark. Oh. I was rooting I've for Denmark, but I picked Croatia because they have a better midfield. Yeah. Yeah. But as you as you would. But I've had some good picks this tournament and I have some I'll, I'll I have a zinger that's coming out on Thursday. Um, for our single track session that yeah. I that I picked early on that actually was craziness and I'll I'll bring that okay. if I haven't already brought it I don't even know where I'm at right now that's all right but yeah let's uh, let's jump to you enough about this silly World Cup soccer stuff that I'm so passionate and sad that it's over halfway out um, so we had you had you on on episode 113 and as we yes. discussed then we're gonna we're gonna have you on three times so we had you on once two. It's today. We'll have you one more time right before Bigfoot 200, and then we're going to get you on after Bigfoot 200. Okay. So a lot of what this is is 200s are getting more and more popular. Um, they're really growing, a lot of interest and intrigue. Me and Joel have been super interested in the concept of it. I don't yep. know running-wise. I'm not that far yet. Um, but we thought, oh, it would be fun to get somebody on the show that's never run a 200 because we've had Phil Lowry on, uh, yeah. Sylvia Greer on, people that have just done really well at 200s, uh, Ben Light. Uh, so we thought, let's get someone else, never run one, and follow their journey, because I'm all about following people, stalking, whatever right. you want to say. Um, so we had a really good one. We talked about your backstory, your running history, how you got into running, a little bit about yourself. So if you haven't listened to episode 113, it's our first one with Harrison, I recommend you go back to that, just to kind of get a little bit of background there. Um, but August 10th, you're taking on the Bigfoot 200. Yes. So that's 200 miles. Yes. At we one time. About that. Yeah, at one time. Personal, yeah. And so the longest one you've shot. gone in one push is 100. Yeah. So, um, right? 100 and some change, whatever that. Which one? What was that? Um, I'm tough? I'm, yeah. Yeah. Probably that's, 108. Yeah. That's kind of the question mark, right? Right. 
Um, so this is going to be a little bit different. So for our listeners out there that aren't as familiar with it, and I know a lot of people are, but I, I brought some stats today, some uh, race descriptions. So here, here's a little bit, and uh, we'll start here. So it's August 10th. It's 206.5 miles officially, according to the website. Some of these numbers, I'm, I might giggle, and mm-hmm. it's not in any way, shape, just it, it baffles me. That's okay. You, you may know more about this race than I do at this point, but keep <laughs> well, That's going. why we're here. Right. Education. Yeah. So the cutoff time is 105 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giggling already. That's four days and five hours. Uh, that's your I'm, cutoff I know, time. I hope that, if that's, yeah. And I can't tell you how many times we've had guests on this show that talk about chasing cutoffs in races. And yeah. this is a cutoff that I, I, 105 hours, four days and five hours. That's uh, that's a long time. That's a very long time. Yeah. Um, uh, closest cities: Cougar, Washington, and Randall, Washington. Yes. Um, so I like I like the sound of that. You're up in the in the Pacific Northwest. 150 runners. Elevation. You're looking at approximately. I've seen two different things here on two different websites, but I'm going to go with this one: 42,000 feet of ascent and 46,000 feet of descent. Okay. So downhill all the way. Yeah. So you're you're looking at uh, you know elevation change, almost 90,000 feet overall okay. of elevation change, which seems like a lot. It of, does seem uh, like a lot. Numbers. I've had $90,000. That's a lot. That'd be pretty For me, pumped. it is. Yeah. It's a lot for uh, me. I don't know if I've made that in my lifetime. Uh, podcasting's not lucrative. Uh, the train, single track, 187.5 miles of single track. That, that is good. ridiculous. That you're grinning good. ear to ear, and that's where I would be pretty pumped. Um, there are There is 4x4 four four road and dirt roads. There's only six miles. Now, this seems like a lot to me, and okay. it, it makes me sad a little bit. 13 miles of paved road. That's where you really hammer it, though. It, yeah. I can't. Just, um, with the road, you just... But you figure 206 miles, and only 13 of it is on... That's pretty impressive, That honestly. is really... No, that's what I'm saying. Like, normally, I'd look at that and go, ugh. Like, I had to run around the Twisted Fork 64K just yesterday, and there was a little bit on, on the black stuff. Yeah. And I didn't care for that at all, mentally. I'm surprised you crossed it. Did you I, run on the, the side of the road? I did, and when I could, yeah, when there's a place I, I could run, I, did. I actually got yeah. hit by some sprinklers at one point <laughs> because they were on, and I'm like, I just don't even care. I'm surprised you just didn't turn around and, no. This well, it's working. a start. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, like the first. That's a short one then. Yeah, first maybe just mile. Call yeah, it's that. And then uh, you hit mile 14, though, and you go on a dirt road. I didn't know that was there. I didn't look okay, at the though? course. To, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that stuff. But it was a good race. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's a train. Here's the race description. I pulled this directly from their website. You read the whole thing? Huh? Like the whole thing? This is it's like five sentences or right. six or seven. Okay. Depends on the font. Uh, the Bigfoot 200 is a point-to-point exploration of the Cascade Mountains in Washington State. Runners will explore such varied terrain as as the otherworldly volcanic Mount St. Helens that erupted in 1980, Long mountaintop ridgelines with stunning forest, mountain, and lake views. Deep old-growth forest as green as thick as a rainforest. Misty mountaintops. Cross countless streams and rivers. And finally along ridgelines to Randall, Washington, north of Mount Adams. On their way to completing this massive, life-changing event. They might even see a Bigfoot or two. It's been known to happen in these parts. Man, that's That's what excites me. That last sentence. If they could give me... 60 plus percent or higher guarantee on that, I would yeah. do the race. Well, I would think, you know, late in the race, you might see him on accident. Yeah, just no like, what. check it out. Bear hug me, bud. <laughs> uh, big Wookiee. Um, but that sounds really cool, though. Like, 
all that stuff. Mount St. Helens, um, rainforest type look. Yeah. That's my jam. No, I think, you know, we talked about, I think the last time, as far as, aside from the whole 200 aspect, this is the only one of those, of the three races that she does that I would consider doing. And when you say she, we mean Candace Burt. Yeah. And the other three, we're talking Tahoe, Tahoe and, and Moab. Moab. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, just the, the course description, you, the way you read it, um, out of those three races, it is, I am doing it because it's the 200, but I don't think I would really have the desire to do the other two. I would have no desire. If I did 200, this would be the one I would do. Yeah, that's, just, the way, that's just kind of the because, way I looked at yeah. it. Yep. And really, this description is a huge sales pitch for me. Like, when I'm ready to sell my uh, 2010 Dodge Nitro that's up for sale, that I'm right. upside down in, I will have them write <laughs> my ad for that, because this is really... It, Let's this do some creative yeah. you know, selling technique. Yeah. It's, yes. yeah. And I think they could do it. Uh, yes. Um, because this you is awesome. trade that for a race entry. Easy. Right. Easy. Easy. Um, there's six... Now, this is, this is the part that's a little foreign to me, so okay. bear with me. It says there's six sleep stations. That's appealing. With full aid, hot food, medical, and crew access. So you're having six sleep stations. Yes. That's, that sounds nice. And we'll touch on that later in the podcast. And then there's 14 full aid stations with hot food, medical, and more. So there's a little brief, I don't know, synopsis of what the Bigfoot 200 is for those that aren't aware. And I'll tell you what, I've had you on the show had other guests on the show, but when I did kind of look over this, it kind of put it in a little bit more perspective for me, um, just because of the distance. To be honest with you, I thought there'd be more climbing over 200 miles, Yeah. right? So mm-hmm. that's not as bad as I would have thought, right? I'm thinking, yep. you know, average mountainous course, what, 20,000 or 25? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But I think just still at 200 miles, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's just going to be hard, I, right? That's what I'm... That's what I'm anticipating. So, <laughs> you're anticipating it to be hard. Difficulty, yes. They should have a difficulty rating, which I didn't find on the website. No. Like one to five stars. Like mall walkers, probably not. Mm. You know, yes. something like that. That's a one. Yeah, that's a one. Not yeah. like a half star. Maybe they need a. Ooh, we need a Yelp website for races. Oh wow! Wouldn't that Aren't be cool? I think your star rating is like an ultra sign, like the Ultra Magazine, Ultra Running. Yeah, they need they put Yelp stars on an there. app. Yeah. It's just Yelp, where people can comment, too, so you can read stuff on there. That'd be really cool. So that's my idea, folks. Anyone who wants to get with me at that, just go ahead and email me. We'll make that lucrative and just retire early. Um, here's some other information. Course records. This is, again, some stuff I may giggle at. Uh, the men's rec- Both records were set in 2017, because I believe this is the fourth year for this race, um, by looking at some numbers. I believe so. So Jason Kinsella, for the men, his, re- his course record is 55 hours and 49 minutes. I think that's a pretty significant gap between that and the, the second. Oh, the second place? Yeah. I think that's, yeah, to me that's that's fast. That's 55 hours on, two, I mean, you're, you're, that's like almost half of what your cutoff time is. That cutoff's 105 right. hours. So 55 hours, 49 for the men. The women's course record is uh, Van Fan. Um, 72 hours and 22 minutes is the women's course record. Yeah. Both set in 2017. Uh, a little more stats. 2017, there were 78 finishers, 31 DNFs. And, of course, we mentioned the winning time was 55.49, but the last person to cross crossed in 104.39. Oh so had had 21 I minutes don't to spare. Right. That's, <laughs> imagine that, though. I really imagine you, you were close... Because I've had the experience a little bit with, you know, pacing um, a few folks. 
that are close to that cutoff for mm-hmm. 100. And that's that's stressful, even as the pacer, incredibly stressful. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you all see all that effort, and and you see, you've been with them for, for so long, and, and it's just the idea that they're not going to they're not gonna officially get it. I can't imagine, you know, that amount of time. If you miss that cutoff. Oh, I couldn't imagine. No, like as I can't much, imagine that's, that. I mean, you're out there for. That's four days of your life. Yeah, that you miss. I mean, you 20, may have missed it by a couple Can you imagine, though, tw- think of 21 minutes over the course of 200 miles or 106, 105 hours. That's 21 minutes. Crazy. That's that's enough to really make you push to the finish, yeah. right? As oh, best yeah. you could at that point. Um, so that's pretty phenomenal. Um, that blows my mind. Just you're, they they must have taken like all slip six sleep stations yeah. and, and like got their money worth. They did get their money worth. That's yeah. a good way to put think yeah. of it. It's like yeah, and I got 105. Yeah, I'm gonna get every 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 ounce I can get out. That's like a lot. And because the race entry for this can be anywhere from 795 to 1150 dollars. Yes. So over two 200 miles, you know, it's a few bucks a mile. It is. You know, four to five to six bucks a mile. Yeah, about, yeah, anywhere from four to six dollars a mile. I never, yeah, I've never done that math. I'm doing the quick math, right? And you're giving me uh, some gin and San Pellegrino. Yeah, it's a little hybrid. It is. It's yeah. a hybrid, and it's it's working because it I'm still kind of recovered from my race that whooped me yesterday. Um, so let's get back to it. So we last time we talked to you, we got a little bit of your, you know, thought about the race itself. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it because it's been a few weeks since we talked to you. You're training, obviously, more. The race is getting closer. Um, and from what it sounds like, um, talking to you and Brian, your crew and pacers look to be more solidified now. Yeah, so, thank so God. T- yeah, right? I mean, I know she's – I wasn't as nervous because I'm, I'm, I'm – I don't know. I'm oblivious. <laughs> and I'm honestly doing kind of the easy part, although it's be very, very hard. But I, I can't imagine the logistics of, of crewing it and trying to pace it and all that stuff. So to me, I'm – I'm kind of lucky in the fact that I just get to go and expect that people are show up where they're supposed to show up. And are you, you leaving know. that to to Brian then? Are you saying, yeah. hey, you take I'll I'll be from one to mile two hundred. Anything that happens <laughs> in between, yeah. Is I you. I think when we get a little bit closer, we'll try to figure out, I guess somehow how to time, you know, some of the because with the hundred, I'm I'm pretty, and with the races I've ran before, I, I'm pretty I kind of know my body and how I'm going to be like for the, you know, any other hundred I've done. So you, you kind of know, and if you know the course and how you normally run, you can kind of guess when you're going to be at certain places. I don't have any clue. See, that's what, that was one of my Truly, questions. I don't, I don't have any clue. And I think, um, yeah, we'll just, I'll have to go through the, the actual course and see what makes sense. I think it's, it might be, that's why I say it's, it's easier to run. I think it's probably going to be a lot of waiting for those guys, at least more than, more than normal. Well, I've seen like myself, but I've seen you. You have like your pace chart. Hey, I'll be at this aid station between this and this time. This is my A goal. Yeah. This is, so that's what I'm thinking is maybe something like the 200. You looking at it maybe like, at some point. I mean, you're there at the race, so and they're there. That's their job, right? They're coming up just for the crew and the pace part. Yep. So it's like, hey, I'll roll through maybe the first 50 miles. This might be where I'm at, and after that, it might just be a, a waiting game for them. As far as okay. He made it here in this time. This is how he feels. This is what the next section's like. So maybe in two hours he'll be at this next one. So it's kind of yeah. it seems like a two hundred to me. I've never been involved with one on any level. Would be more of a uh, just play it by ear, like yeah. as you go. You know, you have your idea of like, hey, my pacer will be a mile, whatever, to whatever. But when they need to be there, it's just kind of depending on how you're feeling, right? 
Yeah, I'm not, not so um, worried about the pacing aspect of it. It's more the crewing aspect of it. So um, I, I, I'll probably go through the same the same way I do 100, and I'll base it off of elevation and um, kind of effort based on what maybe the pace will be and kind of do a guess. But um, at least for me, assuming that this is what they'll want to do, we haven't really talked about it, but um, I know I can pick up a pacer at mile 46. So okay, I have, so I I have 160 you. miles of pacing opportunity for these three individuals. So it's plenty of um, room for some miles. Yeah. So, and I know Jeremy. So our kind of crew and pacer, it's it's Brian, obviously Debbie Farka and Jeremy Sawinski. Okay. So um, really, when I talked to Jeremy about it, this is at Buffalo. Um, what March? Yeah. Um, basically, he's kind of, how many miles can I go? Yeah, I was there for that yeah. conversation. It was pretty funny because so, he paced at 200 before. Yeah, he paced Bob, I think. Um, 80 miles or yeah. some crazy yeah, number. in Tahoe. So yeah. basically, the the max amount he could have done in Tahoe, he did. So he's, you know, he's he's pretty, seems to be pretty pumped. And actually, another side story, I actually saw um, Seth, Amy, and Jeremy at the airport on Monday when they're coming back from Western States. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, I talked to him real quick, but... Yeah, so I don't. It's very. I'm relieved that he's he's going because that only got shored up maybe, you know, last week, week or so yeah. ago, two weeks ago maybe, week and a half. Um, because with I think with two people with Breen and Debbie, God, they they just gotten worked. Well, as far as it's just no one but able to sleep. Well, it's like four days. Yeah. Right, and you have two to even three people. Yeah. I mean, there's there's crewing, pacing, when you're going to sleep, because you got to figure you're going to have well, at least one person with you, at least two, right. for the driving, the prep, the sleep. So that does make things a little different yeah. than like a normal hundred. And I think with, with three people, it'll be it'll be a whole lot better for yeah. them. Yeah. For just sure. so you don't have, if you only have two people, I just I just wouldn't foresee them being able to sleep at all. Yeah. I mean, you're basically either driving, getting to an aid station, or you're running. Now, have you looked at the course much, like far as the driving goes? I mean, is the course that looks pretty... Crew friendly, like point to point. It looks or is like, it more there's, like there's a decent amount of access. Okay. Um, uh, I've looked at the course a little bit as as far as obviously I had to get the lodging and all that. So it seems pretty kind of crew friendly. And I did actually listen to your your podcast with Phil again. Um, actually finished it up today, so just to get a little bit better feel, and it was entertaining. So I wanted to listen to it again. <laughs> but um, so that got me a better kind of mindset as to what I was getting into, um, or at least a refresher. You could say. Well, because when I, when I think of crewing, because I've crewed quite a few times, there's two realms for me. There's crewing at the Bear 100. And mm-hmm. again, remind me where everybody where I'm at. I'm in Utah. You have crewing for you the Bear 100, which Hogan. is super simple to crew. Yeah. It's like sometimes 10 minutes between aid stations on a drive. Yep. So that I, that's, that's one spectrum. And then the other one to me that's a bugger to crew is Western States, because I've done that. And you could drive hours before you get to the next aid station because of how the course is laid out. And I know yep. there's, there's plenty out in the world, so, but that's where I look at those. So I'm just curious on the Bigfoot if it's, you know, they're driving a half hour between aid stations or yeah. know, maybe it's a long way around. I do pass. know, like, from the start, because I was looking at lodging and looking at, you know, the logistics of at least that, because um, we've got some things going on before and after the race, so we've got to kind of yeah. So get in, you've got into that. Pearl Jam, yes, before, before, and Jack White after, yes. So two concerts yes. in Seattle. So there's some pressure for the Jack White one <laughs> as far as my finishing time goes. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, we fly in on the eighth. I think it's a Wednesday. So yeah. Pearl Jam that night in Seattle, and the races. I think uh, Debbie and Jeremy were flying in the Thursday. 
So I'm assuming you got to check in and all that on Thursday, and then the race starts Friday. Starts Friday. Yeah. And you got four days. So Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Monday. Tuesday, Tuesday if we have to. Tuesday. But Jack White's on Monday, so. Oh, you got to hurry. Brian's going to be pissed if I, if I. She'll say, you know what? We're going to the concert. Right. Have some you can finish video this up. of this. Yeah. <laughs> You've got it now. We've <laughs> you helped can you do this, this far. You've been out here for a while. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> We've done enough for you. Can you do this on your own now? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them, though, if they did. <laughs> So yeah. so where are you staying? I mean, where where do you stay for this race? Are you so we are staying at um, God. I'm gonna get it wrong because you've you've been feeding me drinks. Um, I believe we stay at the finish. Is that Randall? It's one of Cougar? the two that you mentioned. Yeah, I don't know. So, so a lot of prep work. Cougars is a cool name for a town. Yeah, I am staying at a I guess like an Airbnb type thing. Okay. So we had a house. Okay. At the location that they recommended we stay, which I'm assuming is the finish. One of those two towns that you just mentioned. Okay. So I got it that far. So you're, you're pretty dialed in for this race, right? You can tell. You were, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, listening to the Phil podcast kind of made me think that I'm not really yeah, No. Well, like, uh, training-wise, I'm fine. Uh, you, know, but you, you seem to be a planner for me, like a planner, I, right? I do, a, but like I put me. it off. Well, I was going to say, it's, I mean, I know it's not. It's, we're in, I got a well, month left. It's July 1st. I got a full month of training. Um, left basically, so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I mean, I'm I'm where I want to be. Okay, so that's good. But no, I I mean, you just don't know where the race is. I I, <laughs> I know enough that I booked the room or the booked the house. That's about I know it. I entered. I'm on the entrance list. <laughs> Hope to God or somebody took my money and I need that money back. <laughs> like, if you don't, if I'm not right. running, can I have that now? Jesus, this is yeah, of course you want to bandit, right? <laughs> no, no, it'd be pretty. Yeah, it'd be a long bandit race <laughs> with no no aid. No can I sleep any? here? Nope, you've mm, got a bib. Get the hell out. <laughs> Um, so, so crew and pacers, super prepared, super prepared there. Right. So you're kind of locked in there. Um, you got a place to stay. Yes. You have concert tickets. That was the main thing. Yeah. That we but there's got a in. race in between the concerts right. and it just happens to be 200 miles. Yes. Okay. Yes. So how far is the race from Seattle then? It is about a little over two hours. Okay. So you'll so, be fresh as a daisy. Absolutely. Jack White. See, I've planned this out at least. I don't okay. plan the race at all. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm hopeful you know, with this 70-ish hours finish. That's um, what you're shooting for. Yeah, so 70 hours would be fairly early in the morning on Monday. Okay. Right? So, you know, they just chuck me in the car. I mean, if this goes to plan. Will you, you know, clean it might not go to plan. I don't know. I'll just be like a heap, like a dead body in a, <laughs> in a garbage bag or something. Throw some Crocs or some flip yeah. <laughs> Jesus, the general mission show, too. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'll just um, stand here. Yeah. Just all slump in the back. Um, so I finished that morning with the, and that's sad that this is what I've, this is what I've um, mapped out. I haven't mapped out the race at all. Um, drive to Seattle, stay in Seattle with that concert that night. I, I feel like I've got about a seven hour buffer of like play leeway there. Oh, that's, plenty. that's better than 21 minutes. Yeah. Right? So you're, you're goes pretty the plan. good there. And the, and the funny thing, because Debbie was, was trying to you know, lock down flights and stuff, and she's like, well, I gotta... She's texting uh, texting myself and Brianne, well, I, I think I'm gonna... Because I asked her if she wanted Jack White tickets, because we'll buy them for him. And she's like, well, I was thinking about leaving on Monday. I'm like, I... If things don't go well, like you, this is a long race. I will still be out there. Like you, you can leave, I guess, but you're gonna have to get like an Uber back to the airport because we're still gonna be out there. It's only a two-hour Uber, yeah. hour and a half Uber. So that kind of put in perspective the the length of time that 
Well, I think you could be out there. And I, to me, and I don't know, this is just for me speaking, but until you've done a 200-mile in any capacity, and I mean by crew, pace, run, yeah, I don't think you can put your head around what it is, right? Because I know we've talked to people on the show that have done this, and so fortunately for me, I've had conversations with people, you preparing for it, but every time I read the numbers, I giggle. Because it well, still yeah. does not make sense to me. No, I, and I think that's probably a coping mechanism that uh-huh. I've been doing. Like, because I it was the other, maybe it was two weeks ago. I don't know. I had like a little moment of clarity that I wanted to like stuff down. You know, not experience that again. Where you kind of like look at those numbers and you think about it for a little bit, and you kind of like you know panic a little bit to think about the magnitude of what what kind of distance that is and. I stuffed that down like I do, you know, with emotions and whatnot. So that was <laughs> buried deep inside me. Where's the bottle? Yeah, it's right next to me. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's 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 a long time, and I, I had a little moment of a little bit. Wow, am I? Am I? I know that I I think I'm gonna be ready for it, but am I really gonna be ready for it? So well, it seems like there's a point, and again, fortunate being able to talk to so many people on the podcast and going back and I just pop, things pop up in my head like you know being with and talking with Scott Jaime at times when he was doing the Colorado Trail yeah. right he was basically saying after a certain and that's 400 and say 50 miles and he did a FKT years ago that's been broken but he said after a few days your body just kind of starts to get used to it right yeah. and so I'm thinking that the 200 is kind of that right like I'm, I'm not, it's got to be difficult, but I, it seems to me, just like a lot of these races, it's so mental. Yeah. You know, because it's 200 miles for everybody. I still don't understand how you train for 200 miles. Yeah. Right? It's a good, uh, I wanted to talk about that because I, listening to Phil's podcast again, you kind of, it, it's a good know, juxtaposition between the way he runs and how many races he runs versus what I'm doing. I I don't know how you train for it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see the benefit of me running a hundred miler before yeah. this because you know I'm gonna be super tired and you're out for two weeks before you can get right. some good training like, again. What does that really do for me? Because I've run hundred milers. I don't know how that really helps me for a two hundred. Yeah. So that's kind of how I justified. I mean, I'm not really I'm not racing beforehand. I just don't see the point because the the pace at which I'm going is going to be hopefully if I'm smart, you know, so much slower yeah. for just a long period of time, and I. I just don't know. You just don't know how your body's going to react. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, w- with the way the bear went last year, that slower pace um, seemed to work out well. And I'm just banking on hopefully that they'll double that, really. So I don't know how you really, to your point, train for it until you do it. Yeah. I mean, well, you've got to be, there's got to be some base level of fitness. You go in. That you, that you have to have. But at some point, it's just a really long ways and see how your body goes with it, you know? Well, and even talking to people on the podcast have done 200s. These aid stations we're talking about, I mean, they're, they're full-service menu aids. They're hamburgers, hot dogs, yeah. pastas, you know, not soups and broths yeah. and potatoes. God, those I mean, shitty potatoes. That ever, I, I can't. Do you eat those? No. Like the potatoes with, with the salt? Because I, I was listening to some other podcasts, and I don't know if you guys are talking about food that you guys eat. And, God, who the... Who the Sorry, I can't say the F word on this podcast. <laughs> There's a star rating or something. something like that. Keep your five star. Um, who in the hell eats those? Well, it's funny you say that. God. Me and Joel ran the Twisted Fork 64 k yesterday. He was probably yesterday. crushing potatoes and he, salt. He said he had some potatoes the first Jesus. couple, and then he says it did something to my stomach. Yeah, because it's cold potatoes and salt. <laughs> who in the shit eats those? 
<laughs> I think a lot of people do. Oh, well, it's, yeah. That's and, they, and you see him break him out of the can. Like, there's this can, there's this disgusting juice in there. Ugh. I would. I can't I, do it. I think a lot of them now, like even ones yesterday, I think they were like the small creamies that are boiled that they probably did like the day before or something. Oh, God. Because I looked, like I could eat if them at home eat for those, dinner, yeah. right? But when a race, I just... I don't know. Maybe there's a time and place. Maybe there comes a point. Once one point, you're like, you just say, screw what the it. Hell? You know, I need something. You only live once and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, only, yeah. it's only a two hundred no. miles. If I you can avocados. eat potatoes, and uh, I'm trying not to say potatoes, like I wouldn't, because I'm a weird Pennsylvania accent. Um, if you can eat potatoes and salt, I mean, you can stomach anything. Yeah. So you should be probably trying something else that actually tastes good. I think I'm gonna start opinion. running with little little teeny bottles of Cholula sauce. Oh my god. Because I think I could do that, but yeah. even even a shorter race, Joel said he had two like first two aid stations with potatoes. He tried them and he's like, yeah, it didn't sit good in my stomach. That's weird. It's weird. So, and I didn't try cold the potatoes. potatoes. Wouldn't sit, sit well. I've had cold potatoes. Oh, one time doing Wasatch, they had hash browns. <laughs> okay, that's a little better. But they were cold. Like oh, he gave them to me, and they were the frozen nope. ones. Nope. <laughs> yeah, but they were supposedly cooked. That's a good way to like clear out your stomach. Yeah, it didn't do the help Tom Remkes and keep going. Because I, I took a bite of it and I'm like. The outside was lukewarm. The inside was very frozen. Oh still. my god! And so I haven't touched a potato during a race in a long time. I think I did that maybe like the, my first hundred or so because that's what like you're told that yeah that's what they have and that's what you should do. No, no, I can't. I know do a lot it. of people that I shouldn't say no. I've heard people that do it. Now obviously people must because they're at aid stations or maybe it's just one of those mythical creatures. Right. That like everybody, a Bigfoot. Yeah, that or everybody. No, don't let unicorns. Yeah, I, I yes. still believe in Bigfoot and I'm ready to do it. Have you read those books, by the way? I've, Did you read them? Um, some of it. I'm waiting yeah. for my daughter okay. to finish right. them up right. um, because she was reading it right when we got home and I just could hear giggling. Yeah. And I'm like, are you reading those books? She's like, yeah, Dad. I'm like, well, wait for Dad. Um, but, yeah, so it could be. It could be because you look at aid stations. I did this yesterday at my race. Swedish fish, M&M's, okay. uh, avocado, potato chips, peanut butter and jelly. It's just like at some point, it's almost like there was a committee that got together yeah, to get the said, same this food. Is the, this the, is what we the should The race eat. fair. Yeah. Because you pretty much see 90% of the stuff. Every once in a while, you'll get a race that throws a curveball, right? Mm-hmm. That does, and pierogies have been coming on strong here anyway. Like pierogies? Yeah. But every once in a while, you'll, and there's watermelon and oranges watermelon and bananas. That's, quite, that's good. But every once in a while, you'll have that curveball that someone does, and you're like, genius. I remember yeah. the first year I ran the Pocatello 50. Um, this was a long time ago before it is what it is today. At an aid station, they had ramen soup with garlic mashed potatoes mixed. Yeah. Undeniably greatest thing I've ever eaten mm. in a race. I've tried it at home. Not so good. No. But it was just different. But it just seems like there is this unwritten rule of aid station fare. Right? Yeah. No, I agree. Because even I was talking to somebody during the race, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I could eat a Swedish fish. I haven't tried that yet. And I'm like, you know, I've tried it once, and that's all I needed. Yeah. I can eat them at home. I can, yeah, absolutely. I've you eaten know, them on training runs and stuff. Like but in a race, place, no. it wrecks me. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's but that's the thing with this race is... People eat, I think it was Ben Light. He's like, yeah, like that race, I remember I had like eight hamburgers. Yeah, Phil and talked I'm, about that too. Yeah, maybe it was mm-hmm. Phil. I can't remember. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and I, I'm hopeful that, because um, the thing is, you can't not, you have to be consistent with calorie intake. Whatever whatever you're eating, because it's just, it's just not days. humanly possible to function. Well, so, and, and you're moving slow enough. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I'm hopeful of. And so I think so. that's where it's all these, how do you train for a 200 still? It's like. I think they're still so new, three years in, yeah. whatever it is, and 
I think they're still so new, and everybody still is different, but I don't think there's... I don't know if there's a wrong way to train, right? Yeah. I, I think it's just whatever you're comfortable with, and especially if it's your first one like yourself. It's like, this is what I'm doing. It's either going to work well, yeah, or it's, it's not going to work. Kinda, you can't really, in my mind, you can't. I'm not going to overanalyze it. It's 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 definitely an experiment that I'm not going to know if it's working until it doesn't work. But even then, it's such a long distance. How can you really pin it to, well, I should have done Yeah. Whatever. I'd have done more tempo runs. Yeah, <laughs> could have got on the track more. It'd have been fine. <laughs> Hill so, and Pete's would have crushed this. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I have a plan, I guess. I'm, yeah. I, I'm doing what I'm doing. Whether it's the right thing to do, I don't know. So let me ask you that: Are you training any differently for this than you have for hundred milers in the past? Are you doing anything different? I am. So I mean, it sounds it's going to sound super boring, but um, I've been doing a lot of mailings repeats. Uh, which is probably very, very boring to most people. But what, regardless of whether it was that or, or a different trail or whatever it is, I am going a lot slower. So I, I'm Con- Is it consciously uh, yes. making yourself go slower? Making making myself go slower, staying out for longer periods of time, um, and really just hiking more. Okay. Because, you know, what, I don't know the stats where I look at your cheat sheet, but 42,000 feet or 46,000 feet of whatever it is, Gain and forty-two gain, forty-six descent. Yeah, so by the pace being so slow, I'm envisioning obviously more hiking and walking. Yeah. So I don't see really the point of of doing what I normally do, which is probably run fast. too fast. Yeah. For any sort of you know hundred miles or whatever. You can save it for like the last twenty miles. The track. That's yeah. where the track workouts are gonna. You save it and get your absolutely. marathon PR at the last yeah. twenty-six. Yep. So I don't know I mean, whether that's. I am consciously doing something different. Whether that's going to pay off, I don't. I don't know. So are you so. are you keeping track of anything? Like right now, are you trying to do mileage a week, elevation, time? Um, I'm, I'm trying to do it more on time. Um, so I've got one, a month left, so I'll purposely try to increase it a little bit on time on my feet. Um, but it's been averaging pretty similar week to week. Um, as the weeks have progressed, the mileage has stayed the same. The climbing has gone up, so I'm assuming I'm out there more because it's, it's slower miles. Slower. Um, so, yeah, with a month left, we'll see how it goes. I'm just probably just going to ramp up more of the climbing. Taper still. up. Taper, taper up. up. Yep. Yeah. Heard about but, I mean, that. I, I can't I'm, – I'm not, you know, in a perfect place, but I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with for how, how it's gone, you know, with, with life and – Everything else you got to deal with, I'm pretty satisfied as to where I'm at. Well, and it seems that way. It seems like you always hear people for any race distance. I don't care if it's a marathon, 100 miler, but it's always like, oh, when do I have time to train? You know, yeah. being a, you know being a an adult, having a job, having a family, having you know a partner, whatever it might be. It's like, how do I find that time? And then yeah. now you're talking about a 200 miler and trying to get more time on your feet. So it's you got to shuffle that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, get a little creative. Um, and we, we we talked about this earlier. Um, I don't probably put in the, the long miles that most people do or seems to be more of a norm. Um, and that's that's on purpose just because I, I want to be able to function in my daily life. Yeah. You know, I, I have a job, obviously. I'm getting my MBA. Um, You're in the NBA? Fit, in the NBA. Oh, sweet. I got sure we got signed with the Lakers. Wasn't that LeBron? <laughs> LeBron signed today. Us today yeah. yeah. See? Carry He's on. making a few bucks. Yeah, you know, I think he deserves it. Um, 
so there's, you know, I kind of can respect people that can put in the long miles. Um, I just, just not really my, not really my thing. I do put in a good amount of time. It's just, I don't want to be so tired that I can't function yeah. elsewhere. So. Well, because it is a huge commitment. You should, like you said, you're a little over a month out. You've already been doing the training in, what, you just got back from Northern Santa California. Santa Cruz, yeah. Santa Cruz, yep. uh, just for vacation. Yep. Run a little bit. Is that, like, you don't, you're not racing. You don't have a race in for no. before Bigfoot. Are you looking at, like, any type of long run, like, consecutively? Like, are you looking to go out to do, like, a 50-mile run training run or a 40-mile training run? Or I'll, is that probably, I'll probably, um, I won't do anything different than I, than I do for 100 other than being slower. So okay. I don't think the mileage is going to be... 40, 50, I just, I don't know if that's, I think that would put me out for too, Again, yeah. too, too long. Um, so I'll probably do 30, 35, something, maybe do a back-to-back. But you um, also cross-train too, right? You do yes. weights, you do yoga, yeah, so stuff I've, like that. Yeah, so I do... Um, twister. Twister, yeah. yeah. It's a it's, it's a family we just do here in the front line. <laughs> I do Twister from Craigslist. It's different. Yeah, that would be different. <laughs> it involves money. Yeah. And compromising, you know, <laughs> yeah, positions and whatnot. Yeah, cross training wise, so I, you know, I I, I did. Uh, I used to go to bomber, uh, you know, bomber with Joel. Um, I'd stopped doing that um, really because um, I go to the gym at my work. I try to do that once a week, but I, I focus more on yoga. Okay. So I do a lot more um, Bikram, like hot yoga. So I I try to do that twice a week. So if I can get my actual mileage in that I want to get in with, with the amount of time, plus do you know two two sessions at Beaker, I'm, I'm pretty good. So get, let me ask you this: This is from a personal question more than a, for the for the listeners. What's the benefit of yoga for ultra ultra trail running, or um, distance trail running, or running? Running. So for me, mm-hmm. um, I think you're gonna get your generic answer of you know flexibility and, and all that fun stuff. For me, it's mental. Okay. It puts me in a better mental state, and actually, I don't, it's hard to describe. So more of a, more of a thought. What do they call that? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Okay. Um, being, and that's really an exercise of w- what will happen over 206 miles, to be kind of within yourself and not get ahead of yourself and just be where you are. So that that's how it helps me. Okay. It's more of a mental thing. I really like it. I mean, I like Bikram um, better than other styles of yoga, just because it's my maybe my OCD or my um, desire for predictability. It's the same 26 poses, same order every time. Okay. So I like that. Um, but for me, it's more mental. Um, and that's kind of the decision I had to make between doing more Bikram and Bomber because you, you have limits on time, mm-hmm. you know, limits on time and money and what you want to spend your cross-training or whatever. I can say that when I get done with a Bikram session, I'm as content and as at peace then, then I, it's the same feeling I get after like a, you do like a 25 mile run and, and everything was right. Okay. So for me, it's more mental. Okay. And that's, with the 200 miler, I think it's going to be more mental. Yeah. I would imagine, I mean, again, I can't speak on the subject, but I, people I've talked to, knowing what it takes into a 100 mile, it's just the mental game on a 200 has got to be absolutely insane. Because yeah. I would say, you know, I mean, hundreds were the big thing, and people asking questions like, oh, just know you're going to have ups and downs. Like yeah. you're going to go through high spots, low spots. 
but then I think of 200, and every you know the first thing that comes to mind is double everything right. mileage. But I'm like, I don't think you could do that because yeah. I know as I get later in a race, man, I might be lower more than I am higher. So 200 miles, I might just be 100 miles of feeling like a, you know, <laughs> I don't know, absolute dingleberry. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I don't. Again, I don't know strategy wise or whatever. You know, physically is is the kind of Olympic style lifting that I usually di- did. Was that is that better than Bikram? I don't know, but. All I know is it's what I wanted to do. Well, if you run into Bigfoot at any point, the Olympic lifting might come in handy. True. Because or we could just, yeah. Or take some jerky. I've seen, some, I've some, seen uh, some some documentaries footage. from Jack Lynx or somebody. Right. There's some documentaries <laughs> that if you give him jerky, you might be in good shape. Right. If you don't, he will do bad things. Yeah, check Netflix for these documentaries. Right. I think that's Accurate. Fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, like, we were talking about kind of the logistics part of it. Have you put any thought into your sleep plan? A little bit you, more, okay, yeah. So I know you listen to the podcast. Yes. They have six sleep stations. Yes. Which is like a hostel, I'm imagining. Right. Outdoors. Yeah. It's kind of a European hostel. <laughs> Showers are optional. Uh, outdoor hostel. Right. What are your, uh, I don't know, What have you thought much about it? I mean, I know it's difficult without doing one or, you know, I think it'd be hard to predict. I think we had, oh, I want to say Ben Knight or somebody we had on, and I, I apologize, that they kind of had a plan on, they did some study on how long you should nap. Oh, Jesus. And yeah. Stuff like I don't that. have that. Okay. You might um, want to go listen to this right. more because it, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Like, it seemed like he had it dialed. He did three, he did the triple crown or whatever last year. So, have you thought about the sleeping part? I've thought of it a little bit. Um, and I've, I feel like I'm going to go into it with um, sleeping when I want to sleep. Okay. When I, I don't think. Don't schedule it. I don't think I'll be able to schedule it. Okay. Um, We'll just see how it goes. I mean, hopefully it times out to where I can feel like I can do sleep when you've got a sleep tent or whatever those things are. But I think I'll just probably try to sleep when I'm tired, you know, with the 15-minute kind of burst of sleep. Hopefully that that helps. But, again, I mean, I don't know if that's going to work or how that's going to feel. So Every time they talk about sleeping, I just think, to me, Waking up from that sleep has yeah. got to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I like, feel like I'm gonna be. Yeah, because I see okay, myself. Okay, you got you got you know, 80 more miles. And great, you've been sleeping. Great nap, little buddy. And now you're get going all sore. And yeah, tightened up, and the blood's gonna go back down to your yeah, feet. Yeah, the it's it's uh, the idea of sleeping is intriguing. The idea of waking up is not. So we'll see. I mean, I know there's you know many times in a hundred where you, you wish you could take a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people do, I think. But I, I just um, did a 64K and really needed to take a nap right. at one point, so I couldn't imagine a 200. We'll see. I, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like if I were to plan it, like structure it, it would be it would it would be kind of disingenuous because I would I feel like I'd be putting structure to something that I don't know what you're doing, what I'm getting into. Because you could come into, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna nap here for 20 minutes. You might come into that. It's noon. Yeah. And you're like wide awake. Yeah, so, so it's to like me, it's like forcible sleep. Putting structure around something you don't—it's a moving target—is I feel like is wasted energy. Gotcha. Um, that's how I'm going to justify at least my you know, kind of lack of plan on that. But you know, it, not knowing how my body's going to react, it's—we'll just see how how it plays out. So as we're talking here, and I've thought about this before, and I, uh, this is what. It, so when I was uh, between my junior and senior year of high school. 
Uh, we had a college, my high school soccer coach, who, who he's like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna. Who was his last name? Uh, Snelson. Oh, so go. it wasn't Mar- It wasn't Martin or Fluman. <laughs> Scott Snelson. He says, hey, um, hey team, let's set the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest soccer game ever played. Oh my God. And we thought, okay, yeah, you're kind of a a hole. Yeah, right? let's do this. What's the record? It's 74 and a half hours of straight soccer. That sounds horrible. And now we all love soccer, so we said, yeah, let's do it. So we did a 24 hour day where we played 24 hours nonstop. Is that a practice? It was the tr- yeah, it was a practice. Okay. Run. But we were high school kids, so I was I don't know 17. So here's what here's the rules. You could only you no subs. You had oh 11 players on each team. No subs. Could you sleep? You could take a five minute break at the end of every hour, and you could bank it. So if you played six hours, you could take 30 minutes. Oh my God. So how is this legal? Where were you at? It was here in Roy. This is like and we child abuse. End of story. We set it at 75 and a half hours. Um, and I have the, the Guinness Book. We set it at 1989. But I remember that we did that one time only. We played six hours for a 30-minute nap. Yeah. And after that 30-minute, because, had, you know, it, you get 30 minutes. You so were hating it, were you? So it took you five to kind of get slumbery. Right. And then they had to wake you up at least 10 minutes. Oh, my God. To get you ready to get out there. Yeah. So you really had like 15 minutes, and I'll tell you what, there was nothing worse than getting a 15-minute nap at 3 a.m. after six hours up on your feet because yeah. you didn't want to get up and move again. And you, so you're really, this is really, this is like cheerful. You're making me really excited about the whole sleeping thing. Uh, well, that's what you were taught when you're talking <laughs> about the timing and getting up. I'm like, oh, I remember this. And we had people hallucinating. Mm. Um, I think each team finished with nine people, so two off each team dropped. Oh, they wow. got disqualified. That was legal. Did it you was. Still set it? Yeah, one guy got pulled for medical reasons. His oh, wow. uh, vitals got low. Holy one shit! One guy thought he was getting chased by a dog. Ran That's off the field, awesome. jumped a fence. <laughs> right? DQ immediately. It, yeah, he was gone yeah. immediately. We ended up setting it. We we uh, our goal was like eighty, but seventy four and a half was the record. The camera crews, everybody showed up. We played one more hour and said, "We're done. This is stupid. We've done, got I it." A minute over. I've been done. <laughs> Who the hell's gonna like go after? It? Oh, they That's only good. set it by a minute. From what I understand, it's not. So I've been looking at Guinness books and on the website, and I've written them. And I think they're in England. You're many trying times. to I'm confirm like, that you still have it. Yeah. I'm like, what is it? Did they, they give you a certificate? To. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got all You that. got it framed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank We've God. got the certificate. I got the book we're in. Um, we got a day in Utah. The mayor came out. So it was all cool, but I'm like. That still doesn't seem worth it. But keep so going. this was 1989 as well. So you got to remember, there wasn't a lot of science like there is today. So we had a lady come in to teach wor- us yeah, how to get into the left and right brain to relax. Oh, my God. Our nutrition plan was potato logs. <laughs> it still seems like, like child it, abuse. It was. Raw okay. potato logs, you know, whatever it you was. You did potatoes with the salt, didn't you? They were that raw. Was, that was, yeah, oh, my God. Gatorade. Because we had no, there wasn't gels or no. electrolyte drinks. Straight Gatorade. Yeah. So that's what it reminds me of, though, is I remember those times where I would just be pining. But, again, we weren't on a trail. We were on grass, and I could look across and see my canopy with my sleep area. Oh, that's like torture. Yeah. And yeah. So we, it was safer than what you're doing. But again, that sleep thing, I just don't understand how someone can hit these aid stations, these sleep stations, sleep and get up and, and march on. I imagine, I don't know, I can't take a nap anyway. Oh, I can nap the Oh, I can't. So but I, I, nap I just don't get groggy. Yeah. So I think to me that would be the hard part too, the mental side would be getting up from one of these naps and knowing I've got 80 more miles. True. And you're comfortable, right? You're laying there, you're sleeping, your feet are up. This is where I want to be. Oh, nope, 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 nope. Get up. You've got 80 more miles or a day and a half, whatever yeah. that translates to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think mentally that would be just as hard as anything else for me. Yeah, and I'm hopeful that that's kind of where the the advantage of having crew and pacers 
would this is pretty tremendous as far as compared to if you did it by yourself yeah. or whatever. I mean, you guys talked about no crew, no pacer stuff a lot. Um, Boy, I, I, but left to my own devices, yeah, I'd just say you know I'd probably be sleeping longer than than the 15 minutes or whatever the heck it is I'm going so to allot to Are you going to have a plan with your crew and pacers of, hey, don't let me do this? Because I do that with hundreds. I'm yeah. Like, hey, make sure I don't stay too long. But, I mean, in a 200, it's almost like maximizing aid station yes. time. Yes, that's going to be, and it's funny to say that, I think it's going to be more of the opposite of where, because I have a tendency to to rush through aid, aid stations. Yep. And this is it's just an impossibility if, if, if that happens during this race. It, it could that's, that's ruin your race, yeah. right? So, so it's going to be a little bit more of the opposite approach. Maybe not with sleeping, but the instructions would be to, to make sure that I'm eating, to make sure that I've eaten a certain amount or gotten enough, whatever it is at, at that edge station. Because my, my tendency is to kind of get through there faster yeah. um, than, than most people, I think. Have you looked at, and I haven't, have you looked at the course at all to get an idea of how far apart the eight stations are? are they, is it pretty normal? Like, I think is it's it five a, to seven? Is I think it? it's still long. I think it's longer than I've heard even, you know, as much as 20 miles in between eight okay. stations. So wow. kind of making a mistake at that, um, even with a, a pacer or whatever it is, if you make a mistake and you've got 20 miles to go, yeah. or whatever it is, and you didn't either eat enough or pack enough Take or whatever it is. It or, yeah. or clothing. Yeah, or clothing. Um, that's where it, I think you'll kind of pay for it. Now, do you have so to have a required list during the race? I, I did look at that. I don't think it's a required, like, you know, UTMB, you know, DQ type thing. I know there's a recommended list okay. of things. Like space you, blanket matches. Yeah. So I, I think um, I'll go through that list again, and I'll probably carry most of it, to yeah. be honest. Just I, be safe. Yeah. And I, uh, um, that's kind of – I've had a, some – Close calls with hypothermia to where it scared me enough to um, always have my Gore-Tex, you know, when, you know, if it's sketchy weather or whatever it is. And over 200 miles, I don't think a real weather forecast makes any difference. No. It could be any sort of weather. Well, especially with the course we were talking about, ridgelines and yeah. woods and everything else. And, and you got to look at it, too, is... There comes a point where I know people want to travel light to go fast, but where you're not trying to go too fast, yeah. I don't think... Carrying an extra jacket is gonna like, no. really hurt you. No, and and the one listening through, you know, Phil's again. He did mention, and I hope I might actually reach out to him. The water, the carrying of water, oh, yeah. was a big thing, and he, he mentioned that he, that he carried a lot, way too much water. So that that's that to me is the one thing I got to kind of figure out. Um, you know, I have steri pens and, and things like that that'll filter, you know, water. So that's one one of the main things I want to try to figure out at least is. Because that's a lot of weight. It, the water's yeah. a lot of weight. Yeah. So hopefully I can get a good happy medium where I'm not carrying too much. Well, so. ap- after the show, we can go over Bigfoot calls. There you go. Um, I kind of know how that works. I'm yes. a Bigfoot fanatic. And that way, if you get too cold, if we can get you to do this, you could snuggle, buddy. I'd be fine for you'd, warmth. You'd be small spoon. Yeah, I I'm would sure. hope so. Yeah, you'd yeah. be small spoon. This is like a baby one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be fun to see, but, you know, I want to see the big one, the real one. Yeah, the real one. Right. Like, like there's just one. Like foot. there's just one, you know. There's just one guy. No, yeah, there's, there's, there's many. plenty more. They're yeah. just elusive. I mean, they don't believe in us. Just like, well, yeah. you know what I mean? So How would you feel if nobody believed in you? I would That's feel, just terrible. I feel, you know, I would feel horrible. Right. It's like... You don't believe in me? Yeah. You know, say that to kids. Oh, I believe in you. What if you said, oh, I don't believe I in don't you? I don't believe that you exist. That would crush you. That would. I don't know. There, there can be skeptics, and I'm fine with that, but you're wrong. 
Um, oh, and, and a little side note, that uh, world record game, I scored thir- 33 goals. <laughs> oh, my God, only 33. Yeah. High goal score, I think it was 81. Oh, he my was God. cherry-picking the whole time. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Did you even try it? At some point, like, did you rotate in, like, goalies? Because goalies oh, just got to stand there. But that was the hardest job. Oh, sure, you'd fall because asleep. Because you get bored. We yeah. have video, like, tons of video of it. Yeah. Well, seven, We had seven one girl. There was one girl, and yeah. you couldn't leave the field to use the bathroom either. There were Are you me? Yeah, you, if you had to go, you had to wait till there was the break. Oh, I thought you were just going to go. On the, could you go on the field? Oh, absolutely. Okay. That's what I was going to say. There was, right. for well over a year, there was this huge dead spot of grass by oh, the, wow. one of the goals on the field. That's Because awesome. that's where we would always go. Mm. So it was pretty legit. But yeah, 33 goals. That was my highest scoring game. I would hope so. Ever. Yeah. Um, haven't come close to that yet. No. But... Uh, so, so the Bigfoot 200. I mean, you, you feel pretty good going into it. I know you got which uh, from between now, the last month. Is there like what's your? I mean, obviously you're gonna have to look at the course actually. Yes. From what we talk about. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, what's, this what's, is a theme of the, the second time we've talked, and each time I walk away thinking I should be doing I should more. Probably check the, what's yeah. that website again? Yeah, is it Bigfoot.com? Is it? But uh, what I be between now and and then because we're gonna try and get at you before you leave. Um, for for Bigfoot, so it's like your final push, and then of course you want to get you after. But between now and the race, is there anything you want to focus on? Is there anything you want to mix up? Is there anything you want to make sure you get done beforehand? The one thing that I think that I'm not doing as well as I should be is um, carrying the amount of weight oh. that I'll probably be carrying during the race. Oh, that makes so mileage wise, I've been doing pretty well, and climbing wise, um, I need to have a focused effort on carrying more weight. And I have used my poles a couple times, but I need to get more um, diligent on carrying the weight and using poles. So, so I'll be using poles. So you're going to be using two? Two poles, so yeah. So you'll be bipolar? Yes, bipolar. That's yes. my inside was, joke right yeah. now. Oh, my God. You like that? Yeah, it was nice. That was pretty good. Yeah. So do you normally use poles? Um, for hundreds, I do. Okay. Um, and ever since I you know, started skiing, I, I've, I've felt comfortable with poles. Okay. Prior to that, I, I didn't even know what to do with them. Yeah. Didn't even make any that's, sense. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I will be using poles, and I actually like using poles. Do you? Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing I need to focus on as far as what I haven't been doing as diligently as I should are poles and, and weight. Okay. Mainly because I, I'm very well heat trained. So <laughs> my, my running has been kind of more during the day and uh, not a whole lot at night. So with it being so hot, my tendency is not to carry as well, much. Well, so. not only that, and one thing I've noticed as well, if you don't train with a vest with weight on your back during a race, yeah. you, you can get sore. Yeah. Your shoulders, between yep. your shoulder blades. So over a longer haul, I imagine that would be pretty painful, like that, that cramping and being tight. Because I know even, like, when was it? I don't know. I ran a long run. I don't even know what it was. This was a while ago, but I used a vest and I hadn't been training in one. Yeah. My freaking shoulders were so sore. Yep, that's During the run. I'm trying to avoid that a little bit. So um, that's what I'll hopefully be focusing on. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get, you know, a couple 10 to 12-hour, you know, pushes uh, with normal weight in poles um, just to get ready for that. So, so if you do a 10-hour push with weight in poles, are you going to be done and say, okay, if I repeat that six more times? Then I'm there. <laughs> yeah. That's the mental thing I don't want to actually go through and think about. Thank you for that was a long day. Now if we do that yeah. six more times, that's my goal. <laughs> I appreciate that. that was that's awesome. why we're here. Yeah, yeah. bring me back. I down don't think there. you get a refund. No, that's why I, got, I have to do it because I paid a lot of money. Yeah. Um, 
But I think if you eliminate some of those, there's things you can control, there's things you can't control. So I think if you eliminate some of those, like you mentioned before, training with a heavy pack, yep. you know, figuring out better how much water to take. If you eliminate some of the, I want to say easier ones, that sounds really bad, but it, that's what I mean, right? Yeah. Some, oh, of yeah. the, some of the mistakes you could not think about because there's things you can't put in like all the stream crossings with your feet right right your feet are you just got to imagine your feet will probably be wet for 200 miles yep other than when you change fresh and then get wet again again. yeah it's like san juan solstice yeah every well and that's what they said with wombly he hated with wet feet that's why he did so poorly sometimes at western and i i haven't had a whole lot of issues with that and i actually when i first started ultra running that was i would get i would get my feet wet and purposely run with wet feet i was also get my feet used to it um, so I'm, I'm not totally concerned about that, um, but I'm just trying to check the boxes on some things that I at least can, as far as the pack and poles, to where I'm, I'm good enough with them that I can't kind of use that as, oh, well, I wish I would have done that yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Well, so, I think that's the thing is if you kind of eliminate some of those, then yeah. it's, you're going to get to a point where it's either going to be, oh, I never thought of that because you right. have no reason to, or well, I couldn't control that anyway. Yeah. Because I, I keep going back to Sylvia Greer. This is the one I hope you listen to her podcast because she was talking about this race. She went through a creek very early on, and she said they're so different from the creeks around here. It was silt, and yeah. she couldn't get it out, and it ruined her feet. I mean, she yeah. obviously did well, but I think I keep thinking, man, everybody listens to that just because I would have never thought of that. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought of it either. It's like silt. I could imagine like right now I got no shoes on, but my feet are itching. Yeah, right. Like oh, like silt. Bugs crawling. Bugger. So, yeah, I think if you eliminate some of those, again, easier ones, then at any race, you just got to say, well, I couldn't control that. That's just yeah. the way it goes, whether and that, weather or whatever. And that, that distance is, I just think, just that, and that's going back to the adventure side of it, that, that's kind of what we've got to expect. There's going to be a lot of things that I'm not going to be able to plan for. So hopefully just my plan is to check the boxes on the things that I can think of um, and if it's something out of my control, hopefully have the mindfulness or whatever you want to say to to be able to handle it. Just stop on the side of the trail, do some downward dog, get yeah. back into your mud. Well, your yeah, it's a, it's a popular thing on Instagram with the the yoga poses and, and whatnot, I think. Oh, just taking pictures of yoga poses? Right, right. That's my problem with... You know what uh, I'm going to do? Uh-uh. I'm gonna be, yeah. I want I'm, I'm going to absolutely set up... It's 200 miles. Think of how many self... I don't know how you do it, but think of how many poses I can set up when I set up my like timer on my phone <laughs> how many sweet shots I'm going to get just add 10 hours to your finish time exactly well I'm going to bank I'm going to run faster so I can do that so I've got Think station time selfie time and run time right I will absolutely if you see if I start doing that you'll know something's I'll fly up there you something is wrong <laughs> and smack the shit out of you I'm hallucinating and something's going wrong but yeah 10 hours of setup time for uh, those uh, um, just natural shots we'll get. It is so crazy you say this. Just today I was recovering from my race. I'm watching World Cup, pulled up my phone. There you go. Checked out some Instrakitty and was right. noticing more than ever all of the, I would say, planned poses. Well, right? here, we can get into this. could be an older podcast. I <laughs> probably alienate myself from, it, from a lot of people. It kind of drove me nuts. Well, it should. I'm like, should. that's so... Here's what I think about it. And I have a, I have a following of Instagram of literally like 32 people. <laughs> so I'm pretty big on it. <laughs> You're pretty yeah, hot right now. Yeah. It went viral. <laughs> if I get like 10 likes, it's gone viral. <laughs> um, 
I when I think of stuff like that, and that we could go go down some rabbit holes. I think of like when I think of social media, I think of it as a, as a kind of a cool way to document um, where I've been, and that's kind of it. So I, I think of what what would I want to see of the photos that I took? Do yeah. I want to see myself? No. I want to see. Oh yeah, I went to that place. That was a cool view. Or so that's why I, I don't see the the whole the point of that because I don't want to see myself. I'm very minimal. I've I've said that on the show. I've been accused many times of not taking selfies. Like how come you're in none of the photos? Well, I, and I rarely I will. I'll make an appearance, but mine are usually. I like to do silly stuff. Yeah. Like just not really planned, but just in the moment, like a dumb face or a dumb something. Yeah. But I don't really pose. I don't know how to work a timer on anything. I would not know how to do that. Yeah. So it's usually. Can you take this while I like, right. do something so they like blow my nose or you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So when I see all these professional pose people, I just I don't. I'm with more with you. Like I try and figure out, and I, it's for everybody, and I'm not the rule on it. But I always think to myself, what is, what's the true nature of when it launched of social media? Like, yeah. right? Because you saw Facebook commercials. Oh, sorry, we did this and we invaded this. It was meant to share, and that's what I think more of is share with your people that you're friends with, yeah. right? Or family, which is like you said, hey, check where we're at. Or even of like my daughter doing something cool. I, it's my kid. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm proud of, but I rarely take myself and it is not posed. I, I'll pose a beer. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. If it's a good beer, I'll well, let's pose stay, that. Stand and still. It's a little easier to catch. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really move. Right. You know, I don't take it up in the mountains and it's usually on my kitchen table. Right. I'm trying to get the right lighting. Um, but yeah, I, I struggle with this more the, than ever is the, the pose. And I guess... People have a lot of followers. I guess that's what it's for. They get a lot of ambassador deals through yeah, the companies. And, and I, I guarantee, I, I'm sure there's there's reasons for it, and um, it can be probably lucrative to yeah, people. Or for sure. and that's it, I'm not going to dog on people for doing whatever they want to do on social media. That's that's fine. Well, that's what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, it's whatever it, you it is what do. you want to do with it. And and you don't like it? Don't follow them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm not going to judge anyone or think any, any differently of anybody on on how what they do on social media. It's their own choice. For me, it's just. I've always thought of it as a way to, um, an easy way to document like one or two photos of, hey, I was there, and maybe I can look back on that later and remember where I was. My favorite, and I've posted this on a, a private page that you're a part of, exactly, is the yeah. fails. Oh like yeah. The the when they try to do these like selfie or pose things and it doesn't quite work out how they want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could watch those for days. Yeah. Because get sucked in. As long as no one gets hurt, like I still wouldn't want anybody to get hurt, even though it's funny. But, yeah, like the one I just saw was a girl trying to do, like, a back bend on a log and oh, fell Jesus. into the river. Yeah. I giggled, and I hope she was okay if you're out there. I know you're not listening <laughs> to the show, but I hope you're okay because I don't want to see people get hurt. But those are cracking me up when they don't work out. No, that's funny. Because it's like, how many shots did that person take to get the shot they posted? You don't, you'll never know. Because I've taken like sunset a, photos, right? Yeah. And I get one out of ten, so I can only imagine if... It's an art form. I know we just went off on a tangent, but it just totally reminded me, and that's what we do. So I don't know how we got there, but it, it, we went there. Somewhere. But what we're going to do is we're going to get you on one more time, but we're going to do something fun. And this is for our listeners. So if you've got a question between now and I think near the end of July, so it's almost a full month, and I'll okay. even put this on our social media accounts minus a post photo. If you have a question for Harrison on the 200-mile, what he's doing, whether it's his training, whether it's his – Anything that has to do with the Bigfoot 200, shoot it over to me, manners at trailmanners.com, because the next podcast, we're going to have him answer um, listeners' questions. So these aren't going to be from me. Some will, because I'll still have more. But if you know somebody chimes in and say, hey, yeah, ask him, 
ask him this question. You know, what's his favorite gin? What, uh, you know, what's his plan for this? Just go ahead and email those to me, and the next time we have him on, what's we're the best Pearl Jam show you've ever been to? Yeah, he was just a Pearl Jam fanatic. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll ask you those, and again, we'll be right close to it, so you might have a better layout of the course. Right. You could, you could provide me at. some information as to, you know, what, in if, you, if you want to tell me what I should know. <laughs> I'll bring something probably know table. more than I do at yeah, this point. I'll bring something else. <laughs> what are you going to do with a click a mat uh, aid station or oh whatever? My God. I looked and at a few of the aid stations. That's good because I was think, I was listening to Phil's podcast and he knew all the aid stations. Like, yeah. I don't know how. There's don't a know lot of aid stations. That. I don't know how you know that. There's like what? You what said you 13 say? or something? Yeah, there were six sleep stations and 14 oh, full aid. So I don't know if there's 20 or if that six is part of the 14. Or what it is, but... We'll know. I will know by the next time. Well, you need to because you're going to need to know what to carry between, like, if there's five miles between aid station or, like sure. you said, the 20-miler. You're yeah. going to need to be locked and loaded for that. You yep. need to leave and say, oh, this was the 20-mile. I should have brought my pack. I promise you I will actually have a, some sort of chart that shows all that. I just, yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, we're going to have you on again um, near the end of July, first part of August because you leave on the 8th, 7th yes, or 8th. 8th. Yep. So we'll have you on before that. And then right when you get back, we'll uh, we'll get your take on the Pearl Jam concert, the Jack White concert, as well as I guess the race that you you, you we'll completed. We'll talk about that so a little bit. Yeah. We'll do that. So, all right. Thanks again for having us on. Thanks for uh, feeding me some drinks while we're at it. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up to you. I mean, we'll be down at Hard Rock hanging out, so you'll yep. probably be on another podcast Absolutely. before then. Guest. It'll be fun of some sort around the campfire. Um, but yeah, we'll have you on again. So uh, thanks again, and good luck with your training. Thanks, we appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Harrison Fluman for joining us again today and wish him nothing but the best of luck for the training in the upcoming race of the Bigfoot 200. We also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. There, you can check out our store page and hit us up for some cool gear or send us a message in case you want to be on the show or if you have a topic you want us to discuss. So until next time, this is Eric Manning reminding you, You don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.